You are now listening to Well, Well, Filling Out. Oh my, oh my God, did she just murder him? <laughs> oh no, his pussiness. Misandry. <laughs> yes, misandry. Oh, poor man. Ladies, serial killers are the best. Well, she's never going to get that stain out. Nothing says it's over like running over your ass. It had to be a woman. It had to have been a woman. Are you wearing it? Wait, how big were her breasts? <laughs> hello, hello. Hey, fucking humans. How y'all fucking doing? fellow clowns out there. Oh, how I, are we today? How y'all holding up? Are we feeling dramatic? Because I'm feeling dramatic. Oh. If you watched the live and you saw my veil, you already know that the melodrama... It is here, and it like, shall continue. No, right? It shall continue. It's... Like opera has for the past several centuries, it will continue. To think that there was My clown despair. ancestry in the operaverse that had verses about despair. Clownery has been along for millennia, okay? And for as long as the queers have been around, I'm sure there's been queer clownery. Oh. They go hand in hand. It's two sides. The coin, you can't have one without the other, light without the dark. True. Queers without the clownery. Where do they do that at? What planet do they do that on? Surely not this one. I'm still in the state of short-circuiting. I feel like I was just showing the box, and I'm just... Well, we were, along with Villanelle. I mean, we don't have to see all of the bits to know what's happened. We were all in shock, like Miss Jackson. The tweet I sent from that episode of Divorce Court, just staring, caught staring. Miss Jackson. What? (laughs) Is this true, Miss Jackson? Except it was Miss Pilastri. I was like, well, damn, Eve, I didn't know you could be like this. I knew you were mean. I knew you were being rude. I knew you were all your bullshit. But I did not expect your bullshit to get like this, which has sent me to the operatic throes of ridiculousness. Oh, wait, this episode? This is, it's your part. It's your part. Oh, I know. Eve showed her box off. She sure did. To Villanelle across the After her dirty underwear <laughs> uh, hit the floor. Villanelle's jaw hit the floor. Eve, why? Why? Eve, why? Uh, see, I'm like this guy. Villanelle's like this guy. <laughs> the box was there. So close yet, so very far. And then with that hair flick she did or whatever, she knew what she was doing to Villanelle. And that's why I'm here in the Dolefuls. Operatic dofuls. She said, can I right spend now? the night? I mean, like... No, look, she... Like, oh, <laughs> she did. She was like, girl, can I just... Right! Can I just... Please? And Eve said no. Uh-huh. She said, take some money. Whatever. Take what you want. But actually, bitch, be gone. If you could be gone! By the time I come back, and I'm not over it, you guys. I'm not over it. Uh-huh. I will be in mourning with my veil for the foreseeable future. All right? Uh-huh. I would like to give a special thank you to Enrico Caruso for recording this beautiful operatic... Pagliacci display in 1907 Thank that we can now all sense. enjoy. Not knowing that um, some quiz, some dramatic quiz, down bad from Killing Eve's developments, would be invoking it as they started their recap of episode fucking three, entitled Rainbow in and beige, beige boots. boots. A rainbow and beige boots. Wow. Wow. When I first read that title in the snack, I could not have imagined its delivery would be as special as it was. No, but it really was a very special, very special delivery from Jodie Comer as Villanelle. I didn't weep externally, but I wept 
internally because it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure y'all saw. Y'all know. And y'all probably wept too when y'all saw it for the first time, whether it had been this past week or the week before. But yeah, hopefully you guys are coping well with whatever has happened in episode four. I'm very concerned about what is coming up. I don't know. But I have some ideas and they're scary. They're scary. Yes, they're music that I have tucked away in my crevices, like under my arms. They're in my pockets. And it's like, I just want to just, they're not good muses, guys. But I just, I am looking for a way you to. You haven't had a good muse in weeks. Right. I don't know why they're you. not good This is not muses, a guys. headline. Not... Uh, the only well, person who's had positive muses is me, quite it's frankly. It's true. So what is the truth, uh, Terrence Palastro? The, the truth is I, I, I'm I desperate for the light. and so The light is there. <laughs> you simply refuse to embrace it. It's there in cloud makeup. Oh. You can choose mm. to embrace light. You simply choose not to. Just like Eve chose not to embrace Villanelle, you choose not to embrace the light. I mm. have found light. It is fleeting, but it is out there. I literally screamed my Eve muse, which was me finding a piece of light. And it took an hour and a half just to get you to see a crack. Of a pixel. Oh, no, yes. Of a lumen of light. So I am just letting you clowns know now that the way that I might cue up some opera music randomly, <laughs> if I feel like it applies to this recap, it's exactly what I'm going to do. Because Eve showed the box. And like Villanelle, I think it'll be weeks until I fully recover. But let us start at the top of this episode, at the beginning of the gay chaos that happens in Three, A Rainbow and Beige Boots, written by Kaylee Lewin and directed by Anu Menon, which is a woman director. So we've got a woman writer, a woman director in the helm for what is ultimately a really gay episode Mm -hmm. of Killing Eve. All right, so the episode opens up with the drama and it is Villanelle arriving to Eve's hotel like we saw in the first two minutes and she's still in a maid outfit, has grabbed a laundry bag en route to Eve's door where she definitely stole a key from the receptionist's office, (laughs) whatever, downstairs. And I'm assuming that stolen laundry bag is where she gets the suit because I did not see her grab the bag in the first watch, but I saw it upon the repeat watching and I'm like, okay, that some man's suit was in there. She gets to Eve's door. She opens it, takes off her maid outfit to reveal Mm -hmm. her bloody cloister clothes and her jorts and then lays on Eve's bed in her outside clothes. But who cares? Because Eve doesn't do laundry. She doesn't care. Series two, she cared about you wearing shoes in her place. Right. But now that she's living in a hotel, no hygiene is to be found. So (laughs) that's where we are. Villanelle lays back on the bed. And we cut to Eve at her fish tank. And I say it's her fish tank because she's the only one that feeds those damn fish in the show. She's looking pensively, though, at the fish. She's usually smiling when she's looking at fish. But we realize as the camera pans down to reveal her burned left hand as she kind of fidgets with the bandage that, okay, she's totally thinking about Ellen and whatever the fuck Mm -hmm. went on. I mean, whatever the fuck, we know what went on. But what went on with Eve and her bunk alone, I can only hope. But I already know. (laughs) Nothing that I actually want to have happen. Mm. And, oh, yeah, we actually had an Eve title card and we did get a Villanelle title card card when we first see her in the hotel we did and so that's a thing that happens throughout the episode and then we get eve arriving back to her hotel room after she's done with the fish and she opens the door to find one Villanelle waiting in a robe Villanelle has washed up because she still cares about hygiene at least and she's just like hi 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 eve you know what i think i'm going to put on a a bit of a waltz background waltz music for this scene because That's kind of what I feel like the vibes are in this scene. Remember how I said that the vibes between Alain and Eve were like a tango? Yes. That was happening in Patty. This is not that (laughs) with Eve and Villanelle. Sadly, sadly. Kaylee? Oh, yeah. Kaylee has decided that that's not exactly how it's going down. And I say that because... 
you think about a tango, it's overtly sensual from both sides of the partners and the moves are designed as such to be provocative, suggestive, mm. and sexy. Where a waltz, and that's not to say that I can't enjoy a waltz, let me say that. Because as I've mentioned before on this podcast, mom was a dancer for a number of years and I do have an affinity for all the styles and many things. But the waltz has a different vibe to a tango. It feels more constrained. Mm -hmm. It feels more, I don't know if routine is the word I want to use, but it's kind of like that because it's, I get the feeling when we watch this scene with Eva Villanelle, like we've been here before. We've done this dance before. And while we haven't done this dance before, because Eve Palastri is on some new shit, we have Mm. done this dance before because you bitches are in the same room and you refuse to say something direct. Right. Like maybe we say one thing that's direct and we get one answer and then we're back on our bullshit. So you know what? Let me cue this shit up. Yeah, there's something sanitized, I would say. <laughs> not sanitized, right. for, but also you're not wrong. Right, right. And I'm, a tango's right. kind of right. dirty. Right. Like, it's kind of like... Right. Mm. And so I'm not trying to say to anyone out there who's like, Candace, I love the fucking waltz. And it's like, the waltzes can be very beautiful to look right. at. Yeah. It's just, it has a different vibe. And one of the things that got to me, too, is like the way you can do a lot of spins in a waltz. Like, you're just spinning, and you're going, and it's nice. This is even Villanelle. They're spinning round and round, in my opinion, at this point, because while this scene has distressed me, because of the box, I feel like this woman, oh, right. not the box. Right. That's me, that's Villanelle. It's just sort of like... <laughs> <laughs> that's Josie. Oh, my God. She's sorry. No, that's... It's- that's Villanelle, that's though. The, circuit, the way right. that that's right. The way that that's Villanelle. Can, can I spin it <laughs> And E fucking stomping around. Oh my god! The way I lost my train of thought and went right back to the box when she hit that note. <laughs> Holy! Mm. Oh my goodness! Mm. But yes, that's what I'm thinking of when I think of the vaults. That we are going back and forth, girls. We have been doing this for three series, knowing that we want each other, that we want to be around each other. And it's really that simple, with a little bit of murder and a whole lot of O's on the side. But we get to another Villeneuve scene, and we start out with the bullshit. So we end here, where some bitch, and that bitch is more than likely Villeneuve going, as she swirls in the the aftermath papers of Eve revealing the goodies in the jaw and then placing those goodies right back in the jaw, Terrence. Jesus, wow. But yes. Lord. You said sanitized before, and that I do think that's a good word. I mean, you think about the arm framing of the waltz, and it's not one of those dances where you have your partner close. It's right. about the shape that you keep, and that mm-hmm. shape is distance. Yes. It's distance. And there's passion in the waltz, but there's distance in the waltz. There is the drift, as in terms of both dancers are in tandem, mm-hmm. but they are still apart. Right. And so those are the vibes in this fucking scene, you guys. And it was just stressful. If I was a young queer or old queer in the limelight in the good old Wait. days, <laughs> if I was young queer or an old queer in the limelight in the good old days, if I saw a couple doing the waltz I can't. in the limelight, while I'm doing my cocaine piece, wait, or like, like, <laughs> I would be like, Ghostery. "What the hell are they doing?" Now, if I see the couple doing the tango, I'm like, "Oh, they they about to just stop and Not have you sex right there in the, the quiz." No, in, the, just... <laughs> in this fictional scenario, doing the waltz. Oh my god, I don't know if I would shade them doing the waltz. No. Now, if I was in limelight and I was back to where I was. And my jauntiest queer self as a young person, not following the rules. Sure. I might see the waltz and say, what are you gays doing? But I think the waltz is 
is a beautiful dance. And I think this just stems from my overall thing that I potentially mentioned before of just wanting to see more non-typical couples Mm. engaging in partner dance of like the old styles, you know, whether it's the waltz, whether it's the tango, whether it's the flamenco, whether it's salsa, merengue, whatever it is, straight up ballroom dancing. I would just like to see not the hats is what I'm saying. Delete the hats. We've had to watch the hats for literal centuries. Can we let the quiz take over and just do whatever partnership and change and experiment? So part of me is like, where's the fucking, the wealthiest quiz that's like, here's some millions gays, go be artsy and make stuff. But it hasn't happened. Uh Terrence, I haven't heard about it. I haven't seen it. I don't know of anything. And I generally feel low about dance because it's just, apart from me not being able to see anything really cool. Four years. Years, you guys. Not an opera. Not a ballet. Certainly not a dance. I just feel like that aspect of the arts is suffering a lot. No, it, it hurts me deeply. Not with that side tangent. I'm sorry, y'all. Yeah, I, said, I got fault. lost in the reverie. No, it's yeah. your fault. It's my fault. It's Eve's fault. It's Villanelle's fault. Her face. But right. So let us actually recap this scene. We started with the hi, hi, to Eve. We went on our waltz tangent, and so the waltz begins. Eve Eve goes inside, and, and what happens next, Terrence? Well, she looks and she definitely notices that Villanelle's there. Not just there, but on her bed in a robe. Oh, she's on her bed. And seems like she was going to start to react one way, and then just, she does a, a totally different step. She advances more into her room, and then she sees Do you that think there's... that was the bars coming down? That they were kind of up, and I mean the bars that locked Villanelle out of her heart. That it was just like, oh. boom, boom, clank. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would personally, if I had to put a mind frame for Eve and realize that Villanelle was there, it's the fact that she now has, she's interrupted because Eve was on a train of thought. She Eve, was. She was on. Right, from the Ellen. Oh, yes, look at my she hand. She just got back in What town. am I about mm-hmm. to do? What is the next step? You she's mentioned that her, she was her, probably thinking about, I need to call foe. To Foes do the next ass, meeting. Right, to do mm-hmm. the next thing. Right. So she was completely taken out of her mindset, which is the 12 obsession, her new bullshit with Alain into Philanelle's naked under the robe in my room. Oh my God, what if? This just occurred to me, and it's like a muse, but whatever. I've been throwing muses in here. What if Eve just goes to undress and take the goodies out of the jar to reset the balance? Because I would say a series ago, or, you know, just in series three, let alone the earlier series, that if Eve ended up in the same room with Villanelle in a robe, she would be doing things not quite sure. What is the next move that's happening here because you're not fully clothed? The last so time she can throw that off balance by saying, true. oh, you're in a rope? I don't no, know what me. you're going to do, Villanelle. You're going to undo this robe? You're going to try to fuck me up? Bitch, me first. Me first. And then she just you takes her shirt off. I honor this muse. Thank because you. the last time Thank we you. were there with Villanelle in a robe, she just slid off her parka. But then the two the two girls came out of the bathroom and messed everything up. Oh, is anybody else you're here? You're talking right. You're talking about. <sighs> she lowered I'm not with her them God. when I'm with them. Right. I'm not with them when I'm with them. I believe I said this in an earlier snack, but I really, I really need this in my gay angst <laughs> that's coming for Villanese. <laughs> I need for Villanelle to have energy about Eve sleeping with foe because come on. Who's a foe? What is a foe? Why is a foe? Drag her to hell for that. But also, Alain, because we yeah. already know that I am having thoughts and feelings and vibes and waves about what could happen with Eve and Alain. And if somehow, and I need it to happen, Villanelle learns that Eve and Alain have been on their bullshit, let alone that Eve has been the aggressor, let alone if she can see it with her own eyes. I just... I need, I need, I need drama, Terrence. I need There's drama. No, we, we I need jealousy. No, you're right. I need commentary from Villanelle. <laughs> I need a reaction. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did you, you fucking my boss? Did, right. Did you drink from my temple? Like, how'd you do that? Oh, like, wait, is that Villanelle to Helen? No, right, right, right. Ooh. Oh, right. See, I will take both. I will take Villanelle's energy towards Eve. Like, really? Really? <laughs> but also, whatever that is to Ellen. 
you know what? We're not going to get well, past this scene if I keep no, I going know, off on my side music. Say, you know, this has my mind doing flips. But before I dive off of that scene into that madness, because I'm there is the glory. There is glory I'm over there. there. I'm in the abyss already. <laughs> I'm in it. I'm in it, Terrence. I don't know if I can be saved. You hang on. Hang on to that cliff. Me, it's my cow. Uh, I think I'm leaving Copenhagen. <laughs> Up. Well, I said I was headed to Iceland, but uh, bitch, forget it. I'm well, in. Where am I now? I am in TBD. Tristan, no, <laughs> Tristan the Kuna. Oh, oh. And well. I feel like I mentioned them. If you've never heard of Tristan the Kuna, look them up. Look at how remote mm. it is, mm-hmm. and you'll say, Candace, why? Ask Laura and <laughs> Kaylee. Ask right, them. Right. Ask them why I'm in Tristan the Kuna. So here we have Eve focused on her tango, but now having to deal with the waltz. And she sees a pile of clothes on the floor, and yes, they are. And she decides to be a sapphic terrorist. <laughs> Thank you. That I mean, is she the does, phrase. Right. Yes. She thinks she's going to ask about it, but then she decides, no, I can't have anything open towards you, Villanelle. So fuck it. Forget it. I'm not going to ask about it. I'm just going to start taking stuff. I'm just going to walk around mm-hmm. and do things like you're not really here. And to poor Villanelle, like, this is fucked up. Like, I know Villanelle mostly deserves this energy because of her cloister nonsense that still hasn't been explained, but it still hurts, Terrence. Just uh. to see her watching Eve walk back and forth, ignore her. And it's a lot I for... I need help. No, it's, you're right because it's a lot for the listeners. Well, the listeners and, and the people who saw the episode. The watches, yes. Because we've seen what Villanelle has gone through. We know the highs and lows that she's experienced that she right. has yet to, to share them share with Eve. With Eve. And vice versa. So as much as we want Eve to have a heart and as much as people say that they can't fathom or they can't get jiggy with how Eve is Not behaving. Not get jiggy with it. Nah, 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 right? nah, nah. But also you're correct is that we don't like it because of course we love Villanelle. We want them together, but it's sensical. Mm. It makes sense. Sadly, it mm. makes sense. It is the angst that none of us wanted, but we are all here swimming in it. And I just feel like... I'm trying to find the right words, but it's it's something new with Villanelle. And so it's interesting because she's definitely the closest she's ever been to, like, I think being direct and open with Eve, but she's just not over that hump, which is what was exciting about Martin, even though it goes completely left no, right yeah. when we get to the point because it's like you're here, you're, you're close. You seem to be accepting totally that you need to be around Eve and that you probably feel your least shitty, at least where you are right now when you are around Eve. And so you want her to be soft with you, open with you. Chill, really, is the word I can find? Chill, like, can we just be here like how they were later in the episode? And Eve is just not interested. And it's like, mm-hmm. how do we get this bitch back interested? But in the meanwhile, we got to look at Villanelle's sad face as Eve ignores her and she asks for help, which I did muse in the snack that if Villanelle came in there with a story about asking for help, that Eve wasn't going to fuck with her. And the way Haley said, Candace, you are correct. No, right? And Villanelle says, I need help. And what does Eve say? Jesus. Oh, why don't you ask Jesus? Yes, Jesus. Wasn't he? Wasn't Jesus your homeboy? Just the other day. <laughs> that was rude. It was ridiculous. And it hurt more than it Eve hurt. even knows that it, it does hurt. Because she doesn't know about the okie doke that Jesus Christ of Villanelle right. set her up for. Right. Saying, oh, when her and right. then when you'll get the bigger, everybody else will fall in line. They all love you. But you think about the fact that she doesn't know Villanelle killed her mother. So she doesn't even have any of the pieces to put together to see why is Villanelle so disrupted right now. And it just, it saddens me. Please, Lauda, Kaylee, whoever's left to write episodes, I am begging. Can we get a fucking line from Eve to Villanelle about Raymond? And anything else to do with killing, but also from Villanelle to Eve about killing her mother. Just give me something. Suzanne made it such a big deal that you guys just have to give me one line. I'm not saying you have to go into it. I'm not saying she has to have a speech. She just needs to communicate to Eve that this thing happened. Because Villanelle has made lines and made references to her mom's hair. Eve probably has an idea that she feels a way about her mom. Just let let her have that so she can try to put a piece of the puzzle together to better understand what's happening with Villanelle. That's all I ask. And I do want it to be Villanelle where she gets this 
information from. Don't have Eve randomly oh run into Constantine again or no. something, and Please he's no. like, oh, blah, 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 blah. like I don't want that. Yeah, we did not mention that she's like, what's it this time? Before Villanelle asks for help, but that's what she that's what she says. It's all mean. It's all cold. It's all rude. Oof. So Villanelle, you know, taking that quick L about why don't you ask Jesus? To Several L's. It's a, right. It's, so she's keeping that L because she knows that she's Holding in it. a place of need. Right. And then she asks Eve because time, time just is like a jealous bop, girlfriend, bop, right? Just like, like a jealous where girlfriend. Where have you been? Where have you been? Where you been at? Because it looks like you've been gone all night. It's morning time. I arrived here very early. Crack of dawn. In fact, I was hoping to wake you up and say breakfast in bed, and you were here, mm-hmm. Eve Pilastri. The fuck? You know, Villanelle likes to eat. I'm quite sure. She'd have been like, Eve, can we get room service? But Eve wasn't there. So she had to shower and lay in the bed. And maybe she cried in the shower. Maybe she cried in the bed. You know, Villanelle's been a crying ass bitch since series two. I keep wanting to sing Atlantis and I'm not going to do it. It's not there. Because can we, I just, Villanelle, I don't know if we can give Villanelle Atlantis because she's been too, she's been a lot on her misandry bullshit and while her heart is broken. Does she have the Atlantis shit? Does she? Because you were just saying Eve had Atlantis. You said Eve had the energy because she was left to the bridge. No, no, yeah. I still think Villanelle's somewhere with Fiona Apple. You know what I'm saying? Self awareness about how she fucked up. Mm. I'm hoping anyway. I'm hoping. So yeah, she does ask her like a jealous girlfriend, where you been at? And Eve actually answers, which was promising for about 2.5 seconds when I realized that was the only question and answer that we were going to get between the two, where Eve is like, in Paris. I've been in Paris. Villanelle hears Paris, and then she's like, oh, oh, oh. Okay. So, oh, Paris is what Paris. we doing? Oh, 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 you've leveled up. She's like, girl, I have been busy. I have been jaunting around like the international assassin. <laughs> I just got in from Paris and I'm busy. I have stuff to do. Mm-hmm. And you know what else? I'm sure when Eve said Patty Villanelle with that smile she had was having memories. Mm-hmm. Memories. Not alone in the moonlight, mm-hmm. getting stabbed in my abdomen. <laughs> right before I thought I was going to get the O. Remember it's that? The way that was the last you... time Villanelle was on top. It's... Okay, that's a lie. Well, it was the bus, but metaphorically speaking. No, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. I'm Ooh. just saying. And then we give Villanelle who notices the small wrapping bandage. It's on Eve's left hand and she asks Eve, what happened what to happened? your What happened? What's going on? And instead of the shop being open for Q&A season, Eve has closed the shop. <laughs> because Q&A <laughs> would involve Alain. Well, Q&A well. would involve, I was at your boss's, your former boss's crib last night and it got... A bit hot. In the literal sense, in the figurative sense. And honestly, Eve maybe knows that if she would have told that bitch right there, the way Villanelle would have woke up and been like, excuse me, I got to go. Went straight to Helen. Yep. Nope. And been like, yep. what the fuck are you doing? Yep. Who told you that you could even talk to Eve Pilastri? And the way that I want that side reality, Earth 77, where Villanelle's allowed to do that, I, I think that's at least partly the reason why Eve is like, actually, I can't talk to you about this because I'm not ready to fight. I'm not ready to argue. I'm not ready for you to potentially leave here and then steal or disrupt my plan with Alain because it's going. It's like that um that line in Moulin Rouge, everything's going so, so well. well. <laughs> that's literally Eve Pilastri when she's coming back from Patty to be mm-hmm. confronted by Villanelle in her hotel room. In my headcanon watching it, it was like Eve had like a number in her head that she needed to get to a pad to write it down Fast. and was trying to hang on to that piece while dealing with oh, her the information that she was right. thinking or so, conjuring. Right, so she's... Like, she's holding on to whatever this is, but dealing with that at the same time. So it's almost like when a kid is trying to get your attention, and you're like, mm-mm, hmm. I mean, yes, but but I'm right. I'm inveigled. I'm, I'm inveigled. right, right, right. I'm, and right. it doesn't help that Villanelle doesn't answer her question. I really do think if right when Eve was like, "Well, what happened to your clothes?" If Villanelle would respond to that challenge with, "Okay, bitch, I'm gonna give you some new shit," I will actually tell you, I killed the fucking vicar and his daughter. You know, the people I was fucking living with because they hurt my feelings. They said some wrong shit, acted like they knew me, and I realized you were the only person on this planet that knows me, and I needed to see you right away. And I also 
I'm wanted. I'm in trouble. They know me, as you know. I sent you the invitation. I have 5011 selfies all over that fucking church. I've drawn pictures. I have done paintings. Eve, please. But we don't get to any aspect of truth or why Villanelle's there outside of being in trouble, which, you know, just objectively, if you don't know a Villanelle the way the audience does, you could be like, this is selfish. You just insert yourself back into Eve's life and you're asking for help and you're expecting it. Right. Absent of whatever is happening in her life right now. And so we know we want this vulnerable Villanelle to get that help from Eve, but at the same time, it's kind of fucked up how she just shows up like this. So with the shop closed, Eve is waiting for an answer. And she's not getting one. So she's like, oh, well, so since we're not talking anymore, so... We're trading looks. Like, you're going to apologize? No. You're going to apologize? No. Okay, oh, right, so we're right, not, right, right. I guess we're moving on. Right. And it's like, girls, it's been years. We can't do anything new? Great. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Kaylee. And... Thank you so much, Kaylee. Love it. <laughs> and so the costume change is happening. So... <laughs> right. That's... Eve is taking off her stuff. Mm. She is in her bra at one point. And I feel like that's in the live when I was like, wait a goddamn second. Right. Eve's in her bra. <laughs> what is going on? She's just doing it. She's just doing it. And at some point, Villanelle's like me, like, wait a minute, what's going on? Right. You're just taking shit off? Is the bra coming off? Okay, the bra's staying on. This is BBC America. But we can drop the pants and drop the underwear and shoot from the mid. Right. And Villanelle just... Right. And and it it didn't help that the music, they decided to play a love. You've got a strange effect on me. And I like it. Woo. Villanelle... Had the quivers, she had the shakes, she had the throbs, she had the vibrations. She did. The trials and tribulations of extreme horniness, poor girl. How are you this sad and this horny if you're Villanelle? It's a dark, 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 dark time for Villanelle. She, the very next words, the very next words out of her mouth was, can can I stay here? Right? (laughs) Right? Oh, Villanelle. Oh, Oh, girl. My poor baby, she's so, she's just... But what else could you... Like, she had nothing else to say. She said dry mouth, <clears throat> stutter, I can't even... <clears throat> can I talk? Eve, can I, can I stay here? Just for Eve. And the thing, too, was Eve looked her dead in her yes. eye. And it was like a petulant, like, I don't know, just just some sort of, and what? Which is why right. I was like, not the taunt that I said in the right. snack. Not an actual taunt, like, yeah, bitch. You she see was like, it? You see uh-huh. it? Right, right. You see it? Right. You want it? Can't have it. Excuse me. Eve, how dare you? Savic terrorist. How dare you? No. No, true savic terrorist. Mm. My God. And Eve doesn't really say yes to her staying. Like, she treats her like a whore right. that she didn't actually sleep with. Actually? I said, you could give her an O if you're going to be this rude Eve. Wow. You're going to tell the bitch to take the money out the, ca- out the yeah. nightstand? Could we at least wow. touch on a bitch? Love on a bitch? Rub on a bitch? Something on a bitch? But no, she treated her like a hoe. There's money in the Without dresser. the hoe activities. Five stars. Could you be gone in the morning? Right. Oh, also, could you, just, <laughs> right. could you just make sure you're gone? Take whatever you want. I don't care. That's ridiculous. <sighs> and I hope Villanelle took every last bit. You know what that makes me think of? On that clip, I hope she cleaned her out. You know what I think so? Remember Amsterdam when Villanelle wanted to get a good seat of Eve Palashi showing up to her. Oh yeah, when she was with the, the sex worker. And, right, she said the sex worker was like, mm. she's like, no, no, no. She's like, like, girl, keep that on. <laughs> this is. Not- I'm not even looking. Right. But here's the money. For so- something for my eyes to feast, because the only thing these eyes want to see is Eve Palastri. Excuse me. Right. How dare you? I just need Villanelle to get that how dare you attitude back for Eve Palastri. How right. dare you? Right. Ma'am, you forgot about my goodies? My, my goodies? Get Miss, I can't risk. Miss, what's the point? We got to get back there, Villanelle. Right. And maybe it requires you going shopping. Get get out of those damn Birkenstocks, whatever those uh, sandals you are wearing still. Because she was wearing sandals with the suit. Did you notice? I think it's because she stole the suit. She can't go shopping. I'm just begging. No. Can a bitch yeah. shop in Cuba? Can a bitch fucking shop? I'm sure that's one Please. of the stipulations if she gets sent over there, you know. 
Oh my God. So Eve is a sapphic terrorist, as we said. She tells that bitch to take whatever and get the fuck right. out. And then she turns off the lights. Like, how are you this rude, Eve? And then you turn off the lights while somebody's still in the broom? It was extra. No. I don't know who put it in the script. Kaylee, maybe that was you directly. Maybe you said also turn the lights off. But it was, you didn't have to. We have to look at the last shot of Villanelle. Lights go down and she is just standing there lonely. Isn't it Beyonce? Turn the lights off. Olis. <laughs> turn the lights off. <sighs> was this a sweet dream? No, it was a beautiful was nightmare a is be what it was. It's a sweet dream. Right. No, well, a beautiful, beautiful nightmare. No. Right. Oh, right. E and as soon as, right, as soon as she leaves and slams the door, the music stops. They're not in each right. other's proximity. Right. And she's... I believe for a second that maybe Eve has a piece of regret. Or if not regret, she's just sort of like taking a deep breath because she can't believe she just executed all that bullshit and savage right. terrorism that she just fucking did. <sighs> to Villanelle's face. Oh, I don't even know if we mentioned when Villanelle, when she first comes in, Villanelle's like, you gonna slap me again? She's like, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, at least, is that progress? So you got yeah. that part of violence out? You said, I only want to slap the gluteus maximus next time. I hope so, Eve Blastery. Please, I'm begging. But yeah, so that is the end of that scene. A strange effect abruptly stops. The door is shut. She stops for a moment. And then we are done. Killing Eve. Title card. Title card. There it is. All right, so after the title card, we are in a scene that I do believe was the first scene that my morning veil came completely down in the live because Faux Javalry was in the scene. And why did they give him a title card? It was... Because everyone's getting a title card. <laughs> you were grieved. <laughs> because every single time you saw one, you were like, another one! Right, I was like, why but... give people title cards we're never going to see again? Yeah. Oh, we'll see Faux again, sadly, for oh. us both. But we will absolutely see Phil again. Eve arrives at a door at this location. It's not familiar to me. Um, she busts oh, in. It's not familiar to any of us. And I wish it remained unfamiliar. Mm. But it's Villanelle's fault that this has actually happened. The buzz happens. The door's answered. Oh, who's at the door? It's Phil. And Tenacar. And a face mask. Mm. He's exfoliating mm. for Eve, I guess. Ugh. So she, right, she lets herself in. and Oh, wait. Once he comes to the door, the first thing out of her mouth is that Villanelle is at her place. And I'm like, really, Eve? This is, we're just dishing to foe. All right. I guess because you have no friends except for this man you're using. Why not? And foe was like, oh, why is she here? Why is she there? And she's like, sanctuary. Sanctuary. Right. Like, it's the hunchback of Notre Dame, I guess, because that's also very true. Sanctuary and the O. Maybe a hug, Eve Pulaski, but you're not interested in providing any of those things. And so she jaunts on in to foe's apartment that we have to see for the first time. She tells Fo that she believes that Villanelle might have killed again, and he asks what she wants to do. And she it says a nothing, a whole lot of nothing, because it's not her job. Wow. Eve, I would just like to say, when was it your job? Because the Ooh. one time you were supposed to do a job, you never did it. You always That's did the true. opposite of what you were asked to do by your bosses because you were so singularly obsessed with Villanelle when your good friend yep. Elena, who probably quit, MI5 and MI6 because she was dealing with you. Watched you get out of the car while her and Frank were pleading. She said, Eve, do not be a dick. And you said, the vapors, excuse me. Villanelle, Villanelle. And that was, even at that point, Villanelle was like, girl, what? Not you coming out the car. Ooh, level up. And it was just mm -hmm. another dance, another step in their sapphic dance. So Eve is full of shit. But she says that anyway to Foe. And after Eve gets set up, she begins to muse with Foe about her thoughts on where After the, the steak-ass title card for Foe fucking oh, Jafari, yeah. he gets one too. I know you are in denial, but he got one. 
And then we get the bullshit banter between them about Helen. And for some reason, Eve mentions, yes, torturing those next aligned to get to the next levels in the 12. Well, Eve says that she believes Helen is as clueless as they are in terms of who's at the top. And then she's like, since a bitch is as clueless, I'm thinking that she's using a torture to find out who is after the next person that's been tortured. Like a sort of chain contact chain method of finding information to members of the 12. And Fo Jafari is like, oh my gosh, why didn't we think of that? And it's because you're a loser, Fo. <laughs> That's why. Because Eve is working with you. No one is shocked that you didn't think of this, but that is what happens. But then he tries to posit, oh, but I'm, you know, I excel at what, torture or something like that. So it's I like. I don't believe that. I didn't, but that's because I don't believe anything out of his mouth. Whatever, Fojafari. He adds some stuff about Alain's car and Fitzrovia or whatever. Oh, yeah. Because she's got a lot of money. She's mm. she's one of those milfs, I guess, who can take care of many ladies. It <laughs> seems like it's perfectly logical and plausible for Alain to have a harem, as I was musing our harems for women possible. Certainly for Alain, because she got the pocketbook. Right. Because, the real estate. Yes. And the jaunt. The plates are being ran because... Eve was able to come back with a piece of a plate and we just wanted to know where where is this vehicle? Let's get a locale on it. And yes, it was Fitzrovia. That Dada, was what pinged. Let's and... do some things. Let's contact my fake job <laughs> about this and they'll get the information to me in seconds. And I'm like, your job doesn't have any questions. Whoever is running that department, the IT or whatever for the tracking, they don't say, yo, this is your 18th ticket this week, bruh. And none of this has to do with protecting this diplomat. But apparently no one has any questions for foe. No one cares. Yep, no one one seems to right it's like there's no red tape yeah it's and it's mm, there's no red tape between his annals of being able to access information which is weird but i mean we still we still get a location uh and eve wants to do another stakeout but he wants her to consider the fact that the vehicle may just be being kept there and that's not technically where she specifically is but you know, he I just also... don't think he wants to do the stakeout yeah. because Eve is literally every time we see Eve before it is to grift free services and maybe the occasional knob hop if she's feeling charitable when it comes to foe. Every single time we see them talking, she's like, I need this. Did you find this? Did you get that? Hurry the fuck up. Where is it? Don't talk to me. No, don't pay for the food. Actually, <laughs> you're too close. I mean, that's the kind of vibe we get from Eve. And so at this point, it's like, Foe, what is going on? Which is why I'm now of the thought, you know, outside of having Foe as an informational device, it's very possible he could leave the series like Bear and Jamie and just be this thing, this entity that helps Eve. But given how unveiled he is with everything and the fact that he makes no fucking sense, and that when you look at the relationship between the two of them, it's a completely using one-sided relationship. Eve is there. She is selfish with him. She is rude to him. She's constantly condescending him and putting him down. And he is still there. So why is he still there? Now, while I do believe access to Eve's goodies is plenty of a reason to stay there, his willingness to help her so frequently, so readily. Oh, let me just get this first. Oh, can I eat first? Oh, can I do this? And it's like, so okay, so why? Because y'all not, y'all are fucking, but you're not dating. There's no illusions about any of this. I don't mm. think Eve gives a fuck if you live or die. And I feel like you know that she doesn't give a fuck whether you live or die. So why are you here, foe? What is in it for you? And so while I do believe Eve is like, I'm using this man to do whatever because I'm on my bullshit, I believe that foe now, this is my muse, mm. 
that is growing that foe is using Eve Palastri. And if that's the case, what is he using Eve for? I can only right. jump to the 12. I can only jump to she's being monitored by the 12 because why wouldn't she be monitored? And if Lauda and Kaylee and the rest were interested in trying to draw some fucking connection to the 12, that makes sense. Keep an eye on Eve Palastri, especially if she's investigating your shit. That to me seems like it could be a viable twist later in this series because otherwise I don't know why foe's here. Well, you have him and he's basically being some fucking variation of a of a Boy Scout, frat boy, whatever. Oh, I'm just here to be helpful, Eve. I'm just here to take your misandry. And it doesn't bother me. Really? Like, I don't know. And when that weird that weird tussle that happens at the end there, which seems like, oh, is that what you guys do? You kind of fight or whatever when Eve is oh, telling right. you to do something for free and you don't want to do it because you air quotes, have other obligations, so you have this fight with her that you lose. I don't know what that is. But I definitely think that there's something else going on with Foe. And because Eve is so singularly minded and so selfish when it comes to her own fucking interests in the same way that she couldn't even be bothered to remember Hugo's name when he was first added to the team, yeah. I don't think she's clued in enough to sniff out a Foe. To sniff out someone, especially a man, especially a nefarious no, right. man, to be like, why is he actually here? Like, why does he let me keep doing this? Like, why does he keep putting up with me? Like, what? why can't I just keep barging in on him this is the nico right this isn't someone who knows me for enough time to put up with my shit and this is not villanelle so what is in it for foe he's gonna turn on eve he's gonna humble eve and you know what whatever i'm here for it i'm here for it because you messing around with these head shenanigans head shenanigans gonna come back to bite so this is an early preview of my musing that no, will be happening for foe, but that's where i'm at because he makes so little sense that this is where i'm at this is this is where no I'm at. i get it because to your credit from eve's perspective the 12 doesn't hire non-women so but when she think when she's thinking about the type that the 12 would normally well there was raymond there was yes raymond. but but and constantine technically works for the 12 well i think i, see, I, I think see what you mean but the I, women are some of the best murderers because yeah. they can go wherever the fuck they want without being detected that's my guess anyway oh uh, okay that is fair all right I'll, I'll chew on what i'm trying to get at and maybe it'll it'll have some semblance of sense it can still and be Misandria Jason. It seems like you were trying to be Misandria Jason because you were like, just the women. But maybe, maybe it still is. Even though there once was a Raymond, there is a Constantine, there once was an Anton. There once was, <laughs> there once was a lot of dudes, I'm sure. But I'm wondering if those were nepotism out. or like because they excelled at what they do. But I, I, I'll leave that where that is. I think they excelled to a point and then they ran into Villanelle. Mm. And then, you know. Which is why Ellen should have some real energy for Villanelle because she has been, in a way, like a thorn mm. in that bitch's side since she joined the 12, if I had to guess. And to get back to uh, the scene at hand, it is Foe trying to, I guess, peacefully protest uh, the stakeout because mm. he's mm -hmm. like, well, we have a diplomat that we need to protect. And so they settle. This... One of us needs to work. Because uh, you're married? Whatever. Is it right. I see, see, yeah. Too many and so they, um, you know, do some rock paper jogging. scissor, right? Bullshit. Rock paper scissor, and he loses because, according to Eve, he oh he's always rock. He's right? always rock. So he's sitting there, standing there with that L, and I don't know if he starts to feel toxic away. male pouting. Right, I don't right, know what right. that was. Right, like, and he repeats her like you know, like mockingly, like oh I'm always rock, huh? <laughs> and then right, and then like goes to yoke her up, and they do this little tussle, and she stands on a chair to get some height leverage. Yo. And, the way you described it's, that was as corny as it no, looks. It, so well, it's fine. Well. <laughs> I didn't like it. And I'm not going to blame Sandro. I'm going to no. blame Foe and the coordinator, whoever said, let's let's choreograph this. They obviously want Foe to look like a bitch. So fine. Mm. Fine. Foe look like a bitch. I still am unsure about Eve Palastri's skills, but I will take it. I will fucking take it. Is Killing she, Eve signs. And she yells at him, hey, 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 hey. hey. 
Paper wins. <laughs> Whatever, Eve. So sick of Paper y'all. Wins? Sick to sure, death. Eve. Sick to death of the head shenanigans. But after that scene, we move on to Pam grooving to music and working on a body. She's being very meticulous about her work and is obviously very proud. Perfect for a misandry assassin, really. And then her brother appears, all rude, and bumps into her, calls her a creep. And it's like, who's the creep? You're the creep. Uh, yeah, I guess it's more to, I guess, because he gets a title card, too. Lord. Everyone gets a title Everyone card. Gets, Get comfortable with it. Everyone gets a title Get, card. You were bitching during the live. Everyone gets one. Fernanda gets one. Elliot gets one. Foe gets one. Eve got one. <laughs> Carolyn gets one. That's what happens. Uh, Kaylee said everyone gets a card. So she runs into her brother, and he's with a client. So I'm guessing she went either upstate. I don't know the full layout of this space. So she's up towards, I guess, the main area where the clients can usually hang out and wait. So maybe near the entrance versus deep in the... Does it matter? Right. He's just like, you're not supposed to be seen. Calls her creepy and walks away before she's done talking. Like, she has something to say. And he's like, you're a creep. And then walks away after being physically rude. And she's just like, oh, I'm just left here. Like, my words don't matter. And it's horrible. And then we cut to Carolyn. And Carolyn has a title card. And she's in her dumpster hideout with Vlad. And he doesn't like seeing her down bad and says as much that she needs to go outside, breathe some non-asbestos air or whatever's happening in that place. And Carolyn's like, I could get an office, though. We could do that. And Vlad is like, we cannot do that. We absolutely (laughs) cannot. You know I can't do it. And please stop asking. She was like, there's a smell in here and it's not from that rat. And it gets, it's getting stronger. And I don't know where it is. He's like, well, I mean, you could clean. She was like, I wouldn't dream of it. <sighs> I mean, you could upgrade me. That's, that's what you could do, Vlad. Carolyn could clean. I just don't <laughs> think Carolyn's a cleaner like Eve. They just exist in filth. Or you pay someone else to get rid of your filth, which is probably what Carolyn does at home. But she starts talking about the 12 members that have been tortured. And she thinks she found a fourth. And Vlad wants to know who. And she's like, it don't really matter. It's more like how. And that a man was found dead on a farm tied up with his feet dipped in some salt. And goats were allowed to lick them raw. And she calls it like fleshy ice cream. So it's gross. And then she shows him a picture. And he's like, Carolyn, ew, please. Goddamn, woman. And she's like, oh, he's flinching. He basically is like, keep doing what you're doing. And checking stuff out. And Carolyn ends the scene sniffing for the stank that she cannot find. He says, bitch, please go outside. Please see something. Go get brunch. Do something outside of this place. And Carolyn tells a sweet anecdotal story about a man she knew who died from brunch. This dude made handwoven silk rugs, I believe, using an ancient technique from China. But he choked on a raspberry at the bottom of his bellini. Oh, I think it was a bottomless bellini. At the bottom of his bottomless bellini. And the way Carolyn has such random Snapple facts. Well, here's hoping she gets to the source of that stench. Because she knows it's near. She just can't pinpoint where. Feelings are very high. I do not think she will get to the source of the stench. The stench will follow her, probably in her dreams. And then from there, we cut to Villanelle arriving to Malton's. And Malton opens the door and he's like, oh, I'm going to have to start charging you thinking it's Eve. But it's not Eve. It's Villanelle. Right. It's Villanelle. And then we get a Malton title card. It's the way how I initially missed that he was expecting Eve until you told me because I was like, oh, huh? <laughs> I don't know why he would be expecting Villanelle. He never met that hoe. No, no, I, I didn't think he was He's expecting only Villanelle heard. either. <laughs> He's only heard of her. So Martin's like, oh shit. And he's probably thinking, oh dear. Oh dear, wasn't expecting this on a fucking Tuesday. Villanelle takes his phone. Martin is like, well, can I help you? Like, what, what do you need? What are you here for? And she's like, well, you're a therapist, aren't you? And he's like, not exactly, bitch. I mean, I work for MI6 and I'm at Broadmoor. I'm not exactly a therapist, but what do you need? And she's like, therapy, obviously. And he's like, ah, right. Of course. Okay. So, like, what do you want to talk about, girl? Like, what do you, what's, what's, what's on your mind? And Villanelle wants to know what he knows about her. 
And he's like, well, you're an assassin, so it's got me shooketh. You're a very good assassin at that. Like, you're very competent as an assassin. And Villanelle kind of cracks a smile. Oh, yeah. Like, you trying to flatter me, ho? And he's like, actually not. I'm actually not trying to flatter you. I'm just dealing in facts. Mm -hmm. The facts that I know, I'm a professional. I do not flatter psychopaths. I simply state the facts as they are. I like how he was trying to get her to have a formal session with the therapist. She was like, no, 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 no. No, I'm here now. You're here now. We can just do this right now. Right here and right now. There's no dismissing me. I have things to accomplish. What are those things? I don't like the way I feel. <laughs> I don't know if Villano has stuff to accomplish like Eve, but she definitely was going to get what she wanted, which was to talk to Martin. And that's the Villano of old. Like, you don't leave until I tell you you're done. Which I'm sure was very scary for Martin, but he had no choice. Yeah, Eve's I, passcode oof. was still one, two, three, four, so... I don't know why she was mad that Villanelle was over there. Like, she intended to keep secrets with her devices okay. having the same fucking passwords. So he asked Villanelle what's bothering her. He's like, what's bothering you, Villanelle? And Villanelle's like, I don't like the way I feel. It's what we saw from the trailer. Yes. And says quite a bit about what's going on. And he's like, well, what's that like? What are you feeling like? And Villanelle's like, like shit. I feel like shit all the goddamn time. Very sad. And Martin is nodding. It's like, okay, well. Fuck. I'm sure that sucks for you. And Villanelle adds, I want you to fix it. In that way that says, bitch, if you don't, you're dead. Right. And it was at that point I was like, Martin, you in danger, girl. You in danger. Knew you were in danger, but this is looking real scary. Like, imagine saying, no, you're right. Because once you put your emotions and your emotional state on the shoulders of someone else to correct or to level out, like, I want you to fix this. This, this isn't working and I want you to make it right. And it's like, overnight? Like, in 10 minutes? Like, <laughs> that's how Villanelle works. She wants what she wants and then mm. she wants to have it. Doesn't matter if it's practical or it makes sense. Many people would say therapy is a lifelong thing. Oh, just consistently growing and developing as a person. If theoretically, you could talk to someone your whole entire life and keep improving as a person. Villanelle's not interested in any of those concepts. She just wants to feel better. And so she's putting her mind that if I talk to a therapist, and this is a therapist Eve knows, surely I will feel better. And that is extremely dangerous for Martin because of course that is next to impossible to be able to guarantee that you will feel better, let alone within a time frame that right. would be acceptable to Villanelle. Right. It's like, oh, the joy of nuance, but this time it's like the danger. Um, yeah, it's sad for Martin, but I'm glad to see Villanelle back on her threats because I, I was done. But Cloister now, completely done. And then from there, we go to Eve in a parking lot, presumably in Fitzrovia. And it's about Ellen because Ellen is like that song. I got hoes. Uh-huh. I got hoes ho in different, different area codes. Area, area codes. That's Ellen. <laughs> And Eve is walking in some parking lot and we hear a distressed woman arguing with some man. And once we can make out what's being said, we realize it's Ellen being talked about. And the woman is trying to find out about Ellen, who apparently, quote, punched her heart to bits. And she's trying to give the chauffeur a letter. And I said, not this new baby gay. And right, a letter. Already writing. Right, right. She said, please, please writing. give this to Ellen. She could surely read. And the driver said, she surely cannot read. She's a player. And it's done. It's over. He tries to impart what I already been knew about Ellen, that she is a player. I was about to say from the Himalayas, but she is absolutely a player. And he leaves to pick up Ellen and leaves the letter and leaves who we will discover later, her name. But he leaves the woman to just stew in her sadness. And she kind of storms off. And so Eve is like, okay, let me try to, let me try to guess I'm going with this bitch. Right. And she's pretending to talk on the phone to her girlfriend. Right. And it's like, you haven't talked to Villanelle ever? The way you bitches can't talk at all. Like you just lust and stare and have ridiculous games. But she does this fucking play intentionally, bumps into the woman like it's an accident so she could work out a bond. And she's like, oh my God, I'm just talking to my girlfriend, Mike's girlfriend. Mm. Such a bitch. 
women. And that's basically what's happening there. And she runs a ruse, a manipulation to go with this woman. She's like, you want to get coffee? You want to get wine? I have no friends. And I'm like, that's true, Eve. Right. The way you have no friends. <laughs> but this is rude, what you're about to do to Fernanda. Right. Poor Fernanda. She, she, she was like, no, you do have a friend. And I was like, oh, oh. And then we get the title card, right. Fernanda. Fernanda. <laughs> and it is obvious that it is not Maria. Yeah, I was saddened because I was like, It should be oh. embarrassment. It should be embarrassment. Because you volunteered mm. Maria. Nobody said it. I, I certainly did not ever think that was Maria. And the evidence is on record where I'm like, are you sure that doesn't look like Maria? I think it's Maria. It's obviously I Maria. And is. your groceries yes. are the size of Mount Olympus. It's uh, You were all the way wrong. I get the extra thick layer of clown makeup for this episode, which is the truth. No, you're in a vat. Whatever the fuck the Joker fell into. Oh, wow. That's where you are. Wow. Drowning in clown Because wow. that muse was entirely, well, it wasn't even a little bit right. It was entirely wow. based in nonsense. Vapors, hallucinations, uh, it's delusions. The, it's the way that I wanted a digital representation. <sighs> I do apologize for the confusion, but the continued additional muse of Maria coming back as we muse why she would, was that it would have been a breaking story. There would have been a breaking story about the thing that happened in Hempstead, and that news would have made it to the wife. And she would have been able to ID the, the suspect. But that would have been if there was a time jump, which there doesn't look to be a large time jump here. Right. It was literally the next night. So that's just unrealistic. It's hard for to Eve trust. to get to Spain no, that's when true. she just got back from Paris. That's and so true. with this bitch in London, it just is impossible. But it's weird for me to like rely on time, especially this season. It's hard. Oh, but this time was your is... eyes. This was your eyes. No, it's true. It was your eyes. Time's hard. Series four. For me. Not for everyone else. Other people could be fine with the way time is flowing. But for me, time is a challenge. And I'm like, not you only see a Maria for three minutes in one episode in series three, but you identified Maria in the trailer just for it to be Fernanda. It's what I really wanted. I, <laughs> I With my eyes, I'm used versus identified. <sighs> Here I am in my wrongness. It's a lot of wrongness. And we're only on episode three. Just... And so I guess that rules out Spain then for me as well, but that's fine. I don't even think rules I said out anything Spain about for Spain. <laughs> when I thought that Maria was mm -hmm. who Fernanda is, I saw Fernanda and Eve together in the preview, so I imagined Maria <laughs> and Eve in the preview. That's what I imagined. So where but would they meet? you didn't even muse extensively. I am the one with the cloud makeup. Me. You had an empty muse. There was no muse there. It was me who mused. I'm the one in 4K listening quality on the podcast saying, well, if Maria comes back, maybe this is a way for Killing Eve to do right by the queers and to actually give us an ending to this wife that they propped up in the Pride promo because they didn't prop up Eve Blastry as a queer character. So maybe we'll get some closure. And it's nothing. It's zero. Now, we did get queer representation with Fernanda. Down bad. Off of her first queer jaunt, but it was not Maria. So I'm playing this operatic song in mourning of my muse and your clownery because I don't know how I will survive well, if you continue this as I'm still sitting in this season. vat now that I'm in the Joker vat I'm in the Joker vat thinking about you've been there drowning thinking about how Maria would have been included into the story with her finding out like I said the news about the assassin that she would be able to identify since that was her fiance that was her wife and that can still happen but why would it get to Eve that's something else entirely and how they did the connective tissue, it just doesn't work, sadly, with Maria. Because Eve getting to her that quickly, the only reason Eve is able to talk to her in the episode is because she is doing some shit. Recon about Alain, and she runs into this bitch stalking right. a driver, trying right. to get her letter sent to Alain to express her feelings. So, 
Well, the fibers of connective tissue Maria. that were laid out for Maria, episode... Maria, we hardly knew ye. Right. And, and we, will we never will never know right. ye. Maria, uh, may you thrive in the fictional it, it, universe uh, uh, of Killing yes. Eve somewhere yes. in Spain. Hopefully you got remarried, got another wife, and are thriving. And are the still end. leaving the w- w- uh, window open just in case. Amen. No, close that window. <laughs> Don't listen to Terrence. Why does you it's want a this woman? Universe. No, but why in the fictional universe does Maria got to be longing? No, with no, a window no, open. No, close the window, say... fictional Maria, and move the fuck on. <laughs> Find another bitch who would treat you right, who won't just box out some random lady during your wedding and never call you again. Maria, you deserve better. Fictional Maria. Don't listen to Terrence. Maybe you'll meet Fernanda, Maria. Fernanda why? needs a friend. Why? Because you want to get rid of your ghost friend, And Maria Maybe has Fernanda money. needs to date someone who doesn't look like her, since you seem to think they look exactly alike. Was this a Broad City episode? I'm moving on. I'm done with you. This topic of Maria, who wasn't really there, because I actually entertained the muse just to be here. And at least I'm not in the vat of clown makeup. It's clownery by proxy. I will take that, but the L is yours. And the correction is yours when the snack comes up, because I refuse. But after we get the Fernanda title card, we are at the funeral home with Pam and her brother, who we learn is named Elliot, because he gets a title card and he is harassing her telling her that she's only allowed out when he says so because she scares off the customers. It's fucked up, but he's fucked up every time we see him. She tries to apologize, but he mocks her and says he doesn't need her there and that he should have just put her into foster care. I was like, what? How old is Pam? I don't know. And then he says something like his father wanted an abortion or something, and I'm like, you're being He makes a comment about being at uni and that he could be at university having the time of his life. And she's like, yeah, you mentioned it because this is obviously something he bitches about fairly like, frequently. I don't need this. And it's like, stop your whining. It's really annoying. He calls her a nobody. And after he calls her a nobody, that's when he says, no wonder dad hated you and wanted mom to have an abortion. And it was completely unnecessary. Lines, I thought for sure he was going to die at that point because she had a look in her eye and she definitely unsheathes her scalpel for a second. Sure does. She's probably thinking about it. Ready to slice and dice his ass, but she just makes a comment about how their father would be disgraced by how he's running the business and she asked the dead body in the room don't you agree Mr. Turner Mr. Turner does not speak but I believe he agrees and you know her brother's just staring at her like you bitch and they kind of stare at each other for like another second or two and then he just like he says bye Pam and he turns off the light kicks out the door stopper slams the door locks her in it seems like and it's just like what's going on the lights are off she's locked in and now you're staring at her through the blinds in the window is this a thing do you just lock her up at night like what the fuck is going on this was a thing to learn I didn't enjoy any I didn't enjoy anything I, I, I it's how do you treat somebody like that that is your actual your literal sibling I don't care if y'all fight like s- siblings you know they don't always have the sweetest of words for one another but they don't lock each other up in, in rooms where there's Ooh. an exterior mm. exterior light source I don't know she, she, they you have not, not watched enough Netflix series there is no guarantee that siblings should be decent towards each other whether or not siblings are decent towards each other in my opinion is based on how you are raised and where the bonding comes in either your parents help you bond or you bond separately trauma bonding whatever reason but there's nothing in life that says just because you're blood related means you're supposed to fuck with each other that's not true so i would imagine that he's been a piece of shit the entire time and whether or not he's just a piece of shit or him and his sister have some drama in the background i don't think they ever fucked with each other i don't think that was ever a thing and it's certainly not an expectation and you know what the older i get 
get with my siblings, the more I see that to be true. Because you see other versions of siblings and it's not the same. It's not all created equal. Some mm. people are ride or die and some people don't even talk to their fucking siblings. And so this looks like the type of situation that if he was fucking dead, it would progress to we don't talk to each other. We don't see each other for holidays. As a matter of fact, you don't exist. That is the kind of sibling relationship. Sadly for Pam, maybe if she had a sister, maybe. It would be not as fucked up, but she definitely, her brother's not fucking with her. And it looks like parents died early and he was left with responsibility. And he has a lot of built up resentment about that, which is mm, leads to his death, undoubtedly. Mm-hmm. It's the way, it's still that room. Like, how do you control the light source from the outside? Like, who's that? No, but as far as, I mean, well, yes. Just like that, in the basement. No. <laughs> Here's the switch outside the door. <laughs> Click, there it is. Mm. It's a room where they do body shit. So, yeah. It was rude to the tenth degree. I, I, I had, I didn't have fun experiencing that scene. So after he just like waves at her through the window, it's very weird. We cut to Eve and Fernanda, and they're in some establishment drinking. And Eve says, "Here's to being dumped and ex-girlfriends from hell." <laughs> and it's like, well, I'm sure both of you know all about that. They're like, "Salute!" And Eve has decided to go by the name Nicole because Fernanda introduces herself. <laughs> She's like, "I'm Fernanda." And women are so much worse than men. No one told you? And Eve is like, you didn't get the memo, bitch? And it's like, not you talking like you are old gay. Just the old queer, Eve Palastri. Well, you still hopping on the phone now, but I will take Ooh. this gay as fuck conversation. And Fernanda's like, nah, I ain't get the memo. And actually, this is my first time with a woman, all right? And Eve is like, really? Really? Because it's like the parallels, girl, because have you been with a woman? The way Lauda hasn't told me if you've been with a woman, but I'm wondering. And Eve is like, well, she must have been really special. And Fernanda has a moment in queer reverie because she's like, she is. She's hotter than potatoes, number yes. one. Sexy, number two. Mysterious, number three. And French, number four. Those are the four things. Cue the music because Fernanda is in her feelings. And she finishes her glass of wine. She's definitely going to be getting more and getting drunk as fuck. And Eve is like, excuse me, more wine, more drinks. She pulls a Cersei. She's like, more wine, more wine. She I said, need I'll more take wine a for right, Fernanda. Right, right. <laughs> Bring the whole vineyard if you can. And next we get a scene with the Lady in Red and Pam. They're getting ice cream. There seems to be this coloring. It was green. It, it I don't know if it's a visual personal thing with me and certain treats where I'm anticipating things or judging things before I even taste it. But there are certain colors I like to see together, especially against maybe like white as a base. And I'm not a color theorist at all, but yeah, I... You were bothered by the color of the sprinkles on the cone? Is that what you're saying? No, no. Because it, it surely drizzle. was vanilla ice cream. But it looked like vanilla ice cream with it was like dressing this green... and some sort of chocolate, potentially some sort of pastry cookie thing. There's all kinds of stuff that you can stick into the ice cream. Like, oh, that's what it looked like. Now, Ellen has something salty and shady to say. Uh, yeah, she was like, oh, it's like toxic waste. <laughs> it's so very British. <laughs> oh, but she, she was the only one that ate that toxic waste. So she was talking like shit. Because I'm like, what are we trying to say? I don't know what happens in these British ice cream trucks. I only know about the round away trucks in New York City in terms of what ice cream trucks I would fuck with. Because they always taste the same. Right. And so Ellen was talking shit about toxic waste. So British. But she was the only one that licked the cone. I watched Pam in the scene. Pam just held it and yeah. let it drip. So She was like, uh, Pam, yours is melting. <laughs> Saying so British for what, Ellen? Just to eat it? And mm. the ice cream was probably fine. And I'm like, if neither of y'all really wanted the ice cream, why the fuck did you get it? You should have got an icy, a SpongeBob, icy, or something else. An old school snow cone? There were other options if you didn't like the ice cream. But Alain asks, once they sit down at the park bench, what's going on with Pam? And Pam was looking adorable and stuttering because the bitch is anxious. Mm -hmm. She wants to know whether or not Alain thinks she's ready to start work. And Alain is like, nah. 
<laughs> nope. No, you're not ready. And Pam was like, okay, all right, I hear that. But I need you to know I'll do whatever it takes, bitch. I will literally do whatever, put in extra hours. And Elena's like, look, 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 look. <laughs> I said what I said. Is there something you need to is there something you need to tell me? Something you need to get off your chest? And Pam was like, no, not exactly. But also, yes, things are just hard as fuck at home. They're difficult. At my home, at my abode, my brother is being an asshole. It's the way how, right, she couldn't even get most of that out yet because before she could even divulge any of that. When she was like, is there something you'd like to tell me? She was like, because you had a former MI5 agent visit you and you didn't mention that to me. That same MI5 agent was able to track down my Paris flat and come and see me where my daughter lives. But at the same time, <laughs> how was Pam supposed to know she's an MI5 agent? No, no, how no, was no that? right. Pam don't got a job. No. Yet with the 12. Pam has no iPad. Pam has no foe. How's Pam supposed to know she's former MI5? She looked like an unhinged woman looking for details about something. Well, why would little Pam rush to the conclusion that Eve is a former MI5 agent? And where the fuck would she Google? What the <laughs> fuck would she search? No, what would she I... look up on even denim? So Elena's being a bitch. I think that's why she let it go so quickly. No, Elena's a professional gaslighter, actually. <laughs> so that's, I mean, I can muse on that, but that's actually what that is, I think. It's very rare, especially in media, that you find women characters or non-men characters who are groomers. But she is grooming. She is very specifically using manipulative behavior where you build someone up with adoration to rip the rug from under them. So that they are, it's like a, you know, it's a trauma response no, 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 yeah, to having someone's adoration. That is what she's you're doing. You're in a praise drought. That is what she's yeah. doing. And so she's being specific with Pam. Like, I imagine she was with Rianne to get that lockstep behavior like she was with Felix and anyone else. But you pulling someone out who is already in a life where they're feeling disaffected, they're feeling ignored, they're feeling unappreciated, they're feeling unloved. And then you come in and you fill that void. Mm -hmm. And Elaine was doing that shit because mm. she was like, look, bitch, I, from the first minute I saw you, I was drawn to you. I just knew something about you was special. I knew you were going to be extraordinary. Mm -hmm. And she basically tells that bitch she's going to be extraordinary. But not yet. She's like, but not right now. Not right now. You need to trust a bitch. I'm, I'm the boss. I'm going to tell you when you're ready and you're not right now. And poor Pam, she's just trying to get the fuck out of a bad situation. Mm -hmm. Whether or not Alain makes the right decision is to not help her. But I do think that's because she's establishing boundaries. And she's establishing rules, which is you don't tell me what to do on your time. I tell you what to do on my time. And so she's going to maintain that with Pam. She's got to keep it going. So even if she thought, okay, I could take a bitch out right now, she's annoyed that Pam is provoking the response versus her deciding that this is the time for Pam to like graduate to the next level in misandry. I can see. Yeah, I can see that. But then it makes me call back to, so we saw them drive away and it's like, oh, but you didn't mention the fact that you need some random person who was uh, following you in the solar plexus before you got to the car. She was shook like, if she was like, how am I supposed to say? What if I got in trouble? She might get in trouble. I'm like, is Pam 17, 18, 19, 20? I saw someone in the chat said 23 and I'm like, where do we get 23 from? No, why is I her mean, brother maybe that such a bitch? age, but I feel like she's playing younger. Someone in the chat said 23 oh. and so I'm assuming they got it from somewhere because why okay. say it? Why right. say 23? No, so maybe there's an article or something out there, a review that we've not read yet where they say that this is the age of Pam. Either way, she's a young person. Doesn't seem like she's gotten out much in life. Wow. And then she also, that also means that she didn't say anything about somebody sniffing around asking about uh, Rian's body or asking if she knew, if they knew her. So that's that's a lot to keep from somebody. But she didn't volunteer that information. So there's no way that she knows for sure that that happened. I guess that's part of why she was interrogating her and asking about or telling her that these things happened, that these there was a former agent who visited 
there was a former agent who made it to her house. They did question. Well, it might be a way of like, I, again, I don't think there's any real reason that Pam should have suspected an agent. Like someone being curious or weird or whatever. There's any number of reasons. We don't know who comes to the funeral home. But whether or not she thinks she has to tell Ellen everything, whether or not she thinks there needs to be full transparency, she learned that day that there needs to be full transparency. That if anything is weird, that you have to tell me exactly what the weirdness is. Mm. So she shouldn't have jumped to the conclusion that the woman was MI5 or XMI5. But she probably should get into the habit of telling Ellen everything. And then right. Ellen decides what is useful information and what's not useful information. And really, she was hot about Chloe, which I said in the last snack, that she was actually bothered by Eve threatening her child. Right. Which is you probably why she that. says it to Pam. Oh, no, yeah. But yeah, poor Pam. After she's told that, you know, I was drawn to you, little ghost girl hiding in the shadows. People don't notice you. They underestimate you. This is your power. You're going to be extraordinary. But not yet. <laughs> Bye. And she's like, trust me, I'll tell you when you are. Poor baby, Pam has to wait. And then we cut to Eve and Fernanda drinking once again. And Fernanda's talking about connecting via the mind with Ellen before her carnal connection at the box. And she does like this Triple H talk right, you said, for anyone right, who's like, got the like, wrestling background or watched wrestling at some point. Triple H would just do the chop, the X right. chop at the groin. The one that used That's to get chopped before? Right, that one. Whew. Yeah, after she does the crotch hit, she is like, it was fire. It was danger. <laughs> it changed me. And mm. poor thing, that is definitely a sign of the queer jaunt, especially the very first time. It'll take you out. It will destroy your life. And I would say it'll destroy your life probably anyway. If it's your first queer jaunt, just the minute you're not together anymore, it will be cataclysmic. And it's almost impossible to stay with your first queer jaunt. And so tragedy is always on the horizon yes. with the person that you sleep with for the first time. Sadly, this was not in the handbook for queer happenings. For Fernanda, I do not think Ellen gave her a handbook. I don't think she cared mm. that she knew what was going on. And poor thing was in tears, literally. And that's why I was singing Fire and Desire on the live because that's what it was. And Eve's just like, oh, more wine. Oh, drink more. Drink more. <laughs> right. The hiccups start, but it's not as egregious yet. We will check back in. No, she stops Eve from grabbing her phone first because we oh. don't know if Eve was actually just grabbing her phone to check something, but the woman thinks that she is potentially trying to call her ex back. And she's like, no, don't do that. Mm -hmm. And Fernanda puts her hand on her hand and she's like, you got to cut her out, Nicole, because she can only play games if you agree to play those games. Mm. And so she's projecting onto Eve or maybe Eve was just doing good acting so that she could project. But they both drink some more wine as they talk about women and their ridiculous misandry ways. And we are back to Villanelle with Martin laying on the couch, twirling her hair, which oh. is the appropriate cut to after we are listening to Eve be mean and bitter about her relationship with Villanelle with Fernanda. So Martin is like, all right. So you said feeling like poo. Is that common for you, Villanelle? You said you're feeling like poo. Is it something that you're used to? And she's like, bitch, hell no. Absolutely not. Definitely not used to this. And so Martin wants to know why now. And Villanelle does not know. All she knows is that she killed two motherfuckers last night. After she tried really hard not to. And it's their fault. Villanelle is honestly <laughs> their, fault. their fault. And mm. she's got this little sheepish smile. Like she really did try not to kill them. But is maybe fondly remembering that steak kill? I I'm not sure. But I did like to see the sheepish Villanelle smile. And mm. Martin's just like, well, that's not ideal. It's not ideal to not want to kill and then kill anyway. But presumably common. Presumably this is something that happens for you all the time, Villanelle. And a good answer for Martin that he was not shaken at all. He's like, I was just talking to a cannibal two days ago. I can handle right, this. Right. I can handle it. Remember your training. <laughs> He's doing his best. I do. I do applaud this effort. These are uh, these are great 
moments in this episode, their dialogue together. He's inquiring. He wants to know, so why has this shaken you? Inquiring about, I guess, the effect of these these kills that she obviously has killed before. So why, what, he's trying to figure out what has changed. What's, what's new? Yeah, she replies, Martin, I'm a rainbow in a world full of beige people like you. No offense. And he's like, oh yeah, bitch, not taken. <laughs> not taken. Don't worry. <laughs> and that she usually knows what she wants, who she wants, how she wants it, but now she does not. Which sounds just like my muse that I said last episode about what to go on with Villanelle. And that she doesn't even trust her own thoughts right now. And at that, Martin is like, aha, can you say more about that? Not trusting your own thoughts. And Villanelle wants to know if this is what insecurity feels like. And Martin is like, well, let me put it this way. Change isn't always comfortable. And sometimes feeling like poo is a good thing. And it's a sign that you're already mid-metamorphosis. I liked how I felt when I heard that. Because it was a different spin on what was told to Eve, even though... All Eve wanted to know was if it was possible, where he basically was like, well, when people put on, people will dress up things as something new to sort of run and evade a thing. So for him to say, yeah, this feels uncomfortable, it's because this could actually be changed versus... So it's it's a different message. And so I'm liking... Eve was asking Martin specifically about being a Christian. Now, Villanelle becoming or evolving into a new person is not the same as can she be taken seriously as a Christian? So I don't know that I agree there because it just seems too different because Villanelle can grow. She can mature or just evolve into a latest version of herself. That does not mean that Christianity is still ever something that should live in parallel to what a Villanelle is or who a Villanelle is. And so I think there was just different questions entirely. Okay. Because she surely was living in a cloister and she absolutely is not living in a cloister right now. One is an entirely absurd thought and the other is a valid existential quandary. From Villanelle, I think. And speaking of existential quandary, right after this scene, we get a shot of Carolyn in her. She's in, in a dirty safe abode. House. Yeah, it's she's... not. A, it's not safe from what? <laughs> it's gigantic. Right. There's huge windows. No, that's true. Maybe because it looks abandoned, no one goes over there. But I'm like safe. And I she's guess. just, you know, the room is it's it's lit, but it's dim. It's like sun is peeking through. It is. It's dreary. She is just standing, contemplating. It's the middle of the day, so it doesn't even look dreary. She is dreary. No, well, yeah. She looks like she's just depressed and staring at the wallpaper and probably thinking about Kenny because it's midday. It looks like it's high noon, girl. And you were barefoot in your nightgown? Just staring at the wallpaper. Carolyn's down bad. That's why she wanted to get out at the end of the episode. Like, send me to Scotland, bitch. Send me to Cuba. I can't just be in this place staring as I think about Kenny and how he's dead. That's how I interpreted it. She's just fucking depressed. Staring at wallpaper at high noon because there's nothing else for her to do but wait for information from Vlad or his people. And then wait to be told what she's allowed to do. So it's literally the worst down Carolyn's ever been, I believe. Uh, That was rough to, right, it was rough to experience and watch. And then we get Elliot. We're back to Pam and her brother. Her brother, who was not long for this world. And he comes into the room. He gets startled by her, who's just waiting, looming. And I'm like, girl, is this the time? Is this the time to kill your bastard brother? And she asks him if he's afraid of dead bodies. He says no, but I don't believe him. She doesn't either, because she asks again. She's like, you sure, bitch? Because you look pretty shooketh. You looketh pretty shooketh. And he demands that she apologize, just like a bitch. And she laughs Boom. at him. <laughs> and he attacks her, because he's horrible. Mm. And threatens to put her face into a bucket of chemicals. I don't know if it was formaldehyde or just stuff she sucked out of a body but it was definitely not hygienic it wasn't safe right it was some sort of biohazard for sure and she decides to play up the helpless woman trope probably it's occurred to her from Ellen and how she's underestimated she's like please don't hurt me don't hurt me don't do it uh, 
And then she hits him in the face. She sure does. With aluminum pan. Right upside the noggin. <laughs> He's like, I want to kill you. And it's like, oh, I don't know if you will. I don't know. And then like he tried to put all his strength into his grapple with her. And her facial expression did not change. So all that energy he has with being business, he didn't think about any kind of gains in any other aspect. I guess not. His noodle arms wasn't doing anything. And she quickly... <laughs> I, I mean, his say. noodle arms was probably doing something. But the thing is, if you have a thing that you're going to do, if someone chokes you, you do that thing. She gouged oh, yeah. an eye like he was Oberyn Martell. She was a fucking mountain. So that's the thing is that someone could choke you out. But unless they crush your, your larynx or your actual esophagus to cause some distress, you can move and do things because it takes a couple of minutes before you lose consciousness. So she literally went straight to her training. You're choking me. Both hands are here. I can get your eye. Boom. I get your eyeball. You off me. And now get ready for the skibbity paps. <laughs> and that's what and, happened. And that's what happened, right. She he, stabbed him in the back. He thought he got away. He did not. And then she told him he was not a very nice boy. And then she stabbed him 19 more times. Real fast. Till he slid to the floor. Mm. And then she embalmed him, as we would come to learn. And it's what you deserve, brother who shall not be named, because you are dead now. Oh, I forgot to mention Pam's face was covered in blood, and it was beautiful. Oh. I love mm. Pam. I hope she sticks around <laughs> to the end of the series, maybe teams up with the gals as a misandry team up to kill somebody. 